Well, good morning, my friends. It's Friday, October 8th. This is podcast number 391. I'm going to try to take it a little easier on you today since it's Friday. (laughs) Oh, turn to our memory verses. I hope you have your Bibles and your notes and you're memorizing these verses, which uh, you plant the word deep. Uh, David said, Lord, the Lord, I've hidden your your word in my heart that I might not sin against you in Psalm 119. Uh, Verse 19 of chapter 1, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Turn a page to Colossians 2, 9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Dwells bodily. Jesus Christ took on human flesh uh, to be like us, uh, to be tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. And therefore, Hebrews tells us we have a great high priest that we can um, we can come in contact with who was tempted and always like us yet without sin and therefore we can come boldly to his throne to receive grace in time of need uh, back to Colossians chapter 3 uh, we're going to look at verses 3 and 4 today for you have been you have died and your life is hidden underline life is hidden with Christ in God When Christ, who is your life, underline that, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. As we continue on, we realize that our lives are hidden in Christ. They're no longer ours in the sense that we make choices. Proverbs says, man, the heart of man makes plans, but it's God whose purpose trumps them all. So we submit our plans. James says it's foolishness to say we're going to go into such and such a city and do such and such a thing on such and such a day. He said, what you ought to say is if the Lord wills. What if we would get our lives to the point where we would say that? Lord, what is your desire for my life today? My life is hidden in you. I belong to you. Therefore, I get up each day and I submit that day to you, uh, believing that it could be my last day on this earth. And how would I want to spend my last day uh, for Christ if that was the case? Wiersbe says this, we are no longer, we no longer belong to this world, but to Christ and the sources of life that we enjoy come from him. We are hidden in Christ. That means that our security and our satisfaction are found in Christ. Our security is not in our employment. Our our security is not in our bank account. Our security is found in him. And I think the, the greatest portion of scripture on that is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verses 31 through 39, we may, when Colossians is done, we may just study Romans chapter 8 for a few weeks. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, for what then shall we say to these things? Look at this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Not meaning that there aren't people who will come against us, but God is on our side if we are in Christ and our lives are hidden in Christ. Therefore, anybody who's against us is against him. Remember Paul on the, the the Damascus road when he was knocked to the ground. Um, and Jesus said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? But who was Paul persecuting? He was persecuting the church. He was persecuting those who were calling uh, themselves the way or they were called the people of the way. 
So he was really persecuting them. But Paul says, or God says to Paul, if you're if you're persecuting them, you're persecuting me. That's the closeness. That's the binding of our lives together. Paul, why are you or Saul? Why are you persecuting me? So to persecute you, if you're in Christ, is to persecute Christ. He is there for you. Our lives are hidden. So if God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. If we could only understand the depth of verse 32. He who did not spare his own son. God did not spare his own son for us. The love for us was so great that he was willing to to give us his very son, that we would have a relationship again, that we would be, he would be the bridge to bring us back to that relationship with God. But he gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? If, if he was willing to give his son, then what else would he possibly withhold from us? Nothing. It's not a prosperity message. This is about the things that we truly need and the things that we truly have need of for for godliness and a right relationship with Christ to to get through this difficult time, this this time on this planet, which isn't easy. John, John tells us it wasn't supposed to be easy. John 16, 33, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart for I have overcome the world. The price was paid for these difficulties. And therefore, if if God was, was willing to give his son, what else would he possibly withhold? And the answer would be nothing. Verse 33, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? God's elect are those who are chosen by God to serve him. You're a part of God's elect if you're in the family of God. It is God who justifies. We stand uh, righteous or unrighteous before God and God alone. He is the one who judges us. God is a God of love and his justice is as much a part of his love as his gift of his son is. Verse 34, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? We we learned that in Colossians chapter 3. He is seated at the right hand of God. Hebrews uh uh, one tells us the same thing, that after he completed his work, he went back to the glory that he had, John 17, before the world began. He was always. He was always. He will be always. And he's back seated at the right hand of God. And what is he doing? He is interceding for us. What an amazing Peace that should give us that Jesus is interceding for us. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or COVID or flu or anything that's going on in this world? You can add it all in there. Nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes on to quote Psalm 44, verse 22. For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. He said, we are literally as Christians being killed. 
That was literally going on. And figuratively, there is this attack on us as believers today, as as if we are the enemy, and yet we are the ones who are bringing the truth of eternal life, not just life in this in this body on this earth, but eternal life that everyone deeply wants. There is this void or this vacuum within us, and that's why so many people fill it with all kinds of things that bring destruction. They don't bring the peace. They don't bring what we need. Only that is found in Christ. Knowing all these things, verse 37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, for nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a comfort to know that our lives are hidden in Christ and there's no nothing, there's no way in this world that anything can separate us from that love. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, right after 2 Peter is 1 John. You're almost to the book of Revelation if you're looking for 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, let's read these first six verses. It says, Beloved, that's you and I, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world, and they're still out there today. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. This is important. What this is saying is that Jesus Christ came and is in was in the flesh meaning that he existed before that he didn't just was that he wasn't born but he came he was pre-existent he came in John 1:14 and he wrapped himself in human flesh and we beheld his glory the glory of the only son of god and every spirit that does not confess jesus is not from god this is the spirit of the antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already and many people are confessing this they're saying that jesus was a prophet They're saying that Jesus was a good man. That is the spirit of Antichrist. It doesn't matter if it's your favorite celebrity or your favorite athlete. It doesn't matter if it's somebody who's doing all kinds of good works. If they don't confess that Jesus Christ was before and came and wrapped himself in human flesh and died for the sins of the world and he's the only way to God, that is the spirit of Antichrist. It cannot be more plain than this. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is, is, is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Remember, at salvation, Holy Spirit takes up residence within us so that he that is within us is greater than anything that comes against us. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. But we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The natural man, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, does not receive the things of God. Neither can it, because the things of God are spiritually discerned. I said it yesterday. This book is not a human book. This Bible is a spiritual book written um, by 39 men who were superintended by the by God. God literally breathed what he wanted to into them, and it came out on these pages. The, the, the things that are in the original are inerrant. They're without um, mistake. 
and they are from God. And the only way that we will understand it is through a spiritual connection. We need to be born again, John 3, 3. And we need to be born again of, of the spirit. And we need to realize that we are uh, up against it trying to get the world to understand this book. Because they can't possibly understand it. Unless they are in Christ. Unless they are in Christ. This does not mean that we should ignore our earthly responsibilities. We have a responsibility to take care of our families, to to work. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible says a man who doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel or an unbeliever. So we have responsibilities. As we are on this earth, we don't just kick back and say, well, you know, because I'm headed to heaven, I won't do anything. I'll just sit back. That was the problem in in the church that, that Paul was dealing with. He said, there were some that are idle among you. Don't count. Idleness is slackness. And don't have anything to do with those who are idle, who are just sitting back waiting for the coming of the Lord. Is the Lord coming? Absolutely. When? We don't know. So we work and we're about his business until then. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, talking of this tremendous um, time when uh, when Jesus comes back. Verse 13, but we do not want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep, those who have died, that you do not grieve as those who have no hope. It doesn't say we don't grieve. We grieve, but not as those who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, so those who have died. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. We won't go before them. They went first. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. It's his words of encouragement that the dead in Christ will rise first. What does that mean? That means that bodies will come back together with their spirits, and then you and I who are alive will meet the Lord and those saints in the air. Notice it says that we'll meet them in the clouds and in the air. This is, I believe, a rapture scripture that talks about us going to him because at the second coming, the Bible says he comes and he sets his foot on the Mount of Olivet. And so he comes to us in this portion of scripture, we go to him. That's what I believe. And I believe that scripture is true. Romans chapter eight, verse 30. Romans chapter eight and verse 30. I love this portion of scripture, Romans chapter eight. We shared the verses 31 through 39, but verse 38 says, and those who he predestined, he also called, and those who he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified there's coming a day at the end when our bodies will be um, um, morphed in, changed into the bodies like our Heavenly Father, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. We don't understand, the Bible says, what he's like, but when we see him, we shall be like him, 1 John 3, 2, I believe. Um, look at John 17 and verse 12. John 17 and verse 12, the high priestly prayer of Christ um, a couple more scriptures. Uh, I told you I'd take it easy on you today. 
uh, John chapter 17 and verse 12. While I was with them, Jesus talking to his father, I kept them in my in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus guards us and protects us. Those that are his, he tells his father, I've protected them. I've guarded them. The only one that was lost was the son of perdition, which was Judas, the one who would betray Christ. Okay, one more portion of scripture, a few verses, and then we'll land this for a Friday. Uh, Romans again, chapter eight. And again, I think we'll go into Romans and maybe study this in depth after we finish Colossians, I think. Romans chapter eight, verse 17. And if children, because we are children, then heirs. Let's do 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Let's keep this in context. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. We're in Romans chapter eight. Uh, now verse 17. Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We are going to suffer in this world. We are going to go through things. We don't seek it out. We don't wear it as a badge of honor in the sense that we sought out suffering. But if we suffer for him, the Bible says we will also reign with him and we'll be glorified with him. Verse 18, talking about these sufferings. For I've considered that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Verse 20. Verse 19, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. What is this about? This earth was created in perfection. perfection. It was created perfect. And because of the fall of Adam, not only was um, Adam cursed, but the earth was cursed. Remember, there were thorns and there were, uh, there would be, he would work by the sweat of his brow and everything that he would work for, he would earn. And this earth groans itself. It moves, it shakes. We see all the things that are happening because this earth groans with a desire to once again be perfect. We know that there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and all of this cursed earth will pass away. Peter talks about that there's there's stored up destruction for the remainder of this earth. Verse 21, that the creation, creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Now, this is not pantheistic uh, teaching. This is not pantheism that the earth is alive. The earth is not human. The earth is a creation of God, just like you and I are creation of God, but God breathed into you and I. He didn't breathe into the universe life. He created it and he created it for you and I to live on, but it uh, is held in bondage to corruption as well because of the sin of Adam. For you know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we, underline we, our circle, we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as well. What are the first fruits of the Spirit? We are the first ones to be filled with the Holy Spirit internally. And and we have been um, brought back from the corruption of this age. Now, our bodies are still subject to the corruption, and that's this groaning that's taking place. Um, we ourselves, we are the first fruits of the Spirit, and we groan inwardly. Why? Because we know this is no longer our home. This is not where we want to be. As we, circle we, may uh, wait eagerly for the adoptions of son, the redemption of our bodies, when our bodies are changed and we'll be like Christ. For in this hope we, circle we, were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what 
he sees. We don't hope for something that we already have. Well, that's already there. It's real. But we hope for what we don't see for there's coming a time when our bodies will be changed. Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, underline all the we's, do, do not see, we wait for it with patience. Um, this portion of scripture talks about the creation uh, being not just uh, human creation, but the physical creation of the earth groaning with this desire um, to be set free from the corruption and the curse. Jesus did that for you and I, but the earth will one day be reformed as well. It'll be new. The only thing that remains the same, the scripture says, is the word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. And that's why we study the word of God. Numbers chapter six, let me land this thing for the weekend, uh, for the week and, and have a great weekend. Numbers chapter six, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.